Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host... Eric Skwarzynski. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. Before I get started, since this is a solo episode and I'm not going to be taking anything away from a guest, I just want to say how thankful I am to be back behind a microphone and speaking with all of you, being back and a little bit more active over on the Preacher Boys socials and just getting to connect with so many of the awesome listeners and supporters of this show And I can't tell you guys how much it means to me, the amount of support and encouragement and just kindness that I felt from the Preacher Boys community over the past month. As many of I won't spend too much time diving into all of this right now, but as many of August was a very difficult month for many reasons. First and foremost, there was a pretty crazy scandal that rocked the church I was in in Fresno at Fresno church there. And that hit really close to home. And I think there was a lot of people who saw my posting about it and didn't feel it was adjacent to the messaging of preacher boys, or they looked at that situation as not being as serious. But I just have to say, as with many stories I cover on this, there's a lot of details that I've been rising to the surface. There's a lot of information and behind the scenes info that really, uh, it's a really difficult situation and it's hurt a lot of people that I really care about. And obviously I know that there are some who, who saw the post and disagree with me covering it, but I thought it was extremely relevant and it was hard. It was hard getting a call about somebody that I know and love and respect. And it was really difficult. And then, of course, not long after that, about three or four days later, Austin Gardner, who produced his missions agency, produced my first documentary, which is very meaningful to me. He was accused of being a child abuser and he resigned. And there's been an investigation going on there. So that happened right in conjunction with that. And then on top of that, there was some of the the normal 
wear and tear, if you want to say, that I experienced with the show that really just hit hard over those next couple weeks. I struggled to process a lot of this. And then come the end of the month, we got back to our house in Vegas. So we spent a month away from home, just traveling, dealing with some other things and some good, some bad. And right when we got back to Vegas, we didn't even end up sleeping here. We had a call that uh, my wife's grandfather passed away and instantly booked tickets to go out to South Carolina. I spent some time there and it's just been a whirlwind of a month. And like I said, there's been good, there's been bad, but it's been emotionally very taxing. And I'm so thankful for everybody who's reached out to make sure everything's okay. has been encouraging. I, I really do appreciate it. And I'm, I'm really thankful for this community. Last night, I did one of my first interviews with a survivor that I've done in a month. And it just was a good reminder of why this show exists and what the purpose of the Preacher Boys podcast is. And I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Now, now without further ado, I do want to talk about something pretty wild that happened yesterday, Tuesday, September 7th, as of the time of this recording, and hopefully as of the time of this release, if this can get out in time. But Manuel and Chondo had been brought up just on the Facebook page uh, a while back. He is a, or I should say was, but I'll get into that in a second. He was, when I first brought him up, an evangelist with a prison ministry. He had sexually assaulted a 16-year-old girl, and he was actively still in ministry. And he came up because one of my past guests, Tim Morris, who spoke at length about Pastor Mike Wells and Parkside Baptist Church, had pointed out to me that Manuel Enchando was a speaker at Mike Wells Church back in 2015. So I pulled that clip, posted it, and it kind of just fell off the radar and didn't really think anything of it. I was shocked that he was getting platform there. But what I didn't know and what I found out uh, literally two days ago, so September 6th at about in the evening, was that Manuel Enchando had actually taken a pastoral position at a church out in Kaufman, Texas. And so I posted that to the Facebook page on the morning of September 7th. It absolutely blew up. Uh, I want to look at some of the numbers here because it was one of just this awesome times that everybody in kind of the Preacher Boys community really just took action, raised their voices about it. That post specifically got 407 shares, 216 comments, people tagging people in the area, 142 likes. It it reached 40,357 people. You guys made a ton of noise and that's just Facebook. Instagram blew up. It was absolutely wild and people raised their voices that this is unacceptable to have a registered sex offender behind the pulpit and because of that, I was blown away. This is how quickly something changed. I got a uh, message from somebody who contacted him directly, contacted the church, and he actually resigned just a few hours after that post went live. So before we even hit noon PST, he had resigned from his position. According to him, he's not allowed on the premises whatsoever, and he's out of that church. Now, what's concerning about this, that's a huge win. And I thank you guys so much for raising your voice, making your voice heard about this. I thank you for Tim Morris bringing this to my attention. He's amazing. Definitely check out his episode uh, that we did uh, a couple months back. 
But I am so thankful for everyone making their voices heard and forcing the church to take action. Now, Manuel Anchando is not going to post any kind of statement. He said he doesn't want to do that, doesn't want to hurt the reputation of the church. And it sounds like, from his account, the church did not know uh, who he was or what he had done, which I personally struggle to believe. But what we come away with, and this is what I want to really focus in on, is number one, it's so easy for these men to slip in and out of small churches across the country. Independent Baptist churches are usually relatively small, and it's disturbing how easily people can navigate their way from one place to another and stay within these little bubbles where they're not getting caught, they're not getting called out, they're not getting addressed in in any meaningful way. And in my post, I'd stated he'd become a pastor in 2021, but I read a Google review after that that states that he was at that church in 2019. So if that's the case, that's terrifying because this man stood behind a pulpit for two years without anybody knowing and calling him out. And then you get to the point of this church and this church, Manuel Anchando alluded to the fact that they weren't aware of this. So this means the church was either willfully negligent or they were unintentionally ignorant. And it's hard for me to determine what's worse. Did they know about this and decide not to do anything about it? Or did they not even do a simple background check before electing a leader within the church? Either way is frightening. And I just want this to serve as a reminder that for every one of these that we catch and raise our voices about and see action happen, there are dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands within churches of all brands, stripes, denominations that slip through the cracks every single day. And I just, again, I want to commend Tim Morris for bringing this up. I want to commend all of you for raising your voice collectively. It encouraged me to see this happen and this action taken. And it's really important that we continue to do this and continue to identify these threats behind the pulpit. I know this is a really quick episode, but I just wanted to just talk about this really quick. And I wanted to encourage everybody, if you're listening to this and you are just a listener of the show, be sure to keep raising your voice about abuse within churches. And if you're a pastor, if you're in church leadership, before you hire somebody in your church, please do a background check. It is not that hard to do. It's a really easy way to just get a sense of who somebody is. And yes, background checks do not catch everything people that have never committed a crime are not going to show up. You're not going to see those warning signs, but definitely it, for someone like Manuel Anchando, he's a registered sex offender. That would have popped up very quickly. So please, if you're listening to this, you're a church leader, be sure to do your research before you hire somebody. Read books like Chuck DeGroat's When Narcissism Comes to Church, get a sense of red flags to look for, and be sure to keep your people safe. That's all I have to share with you guys today. Thank you so much again for your continued support of the Preacher Boys podcast. I'm so excited for what's to come on the show. All right, guys, talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.